the game's over. Uh, if, in fact, they try to screw down the price, they, we simply won't do much uh, innovation, much research and development in the drug industry. That could be uh, really quite dangerous in the long run. This is being uh, billed as a, re a Medicare reform, but what's the, what's the original rationale for reform? Uh, what do we, why do we need it? The current Medicare system is unsustainable. It is facing unfunded liabilities of over $13 trillion. That dwarfs even the unfunded liabilities of Social Security. So the original idea was that in exchange for Congress making some of the hard choices that were necessary to help restrain costs and reform the Medicare system, they would give them this little extra benefit of having prescription drug benefits. It was sort of that if you ate your spinach, they would give you some ice cream for dessert. What's happened is that any pretense of actual reform has been abandoned. We've given people their ice cream and some apple pie and some cake, and we're hoping that someday in the future they'll go back and eat that spinach. It's not going to happen. Well, what needs to be done? Well, reform means more choices, and, uh, and more choices in the private sector and, and ability to tailor your plans to fit your needs. Uh, it doesn't mean more subsidies. This is really about more subsidies. You know, Medicare started out as uh, the hospitals said, gee, we kind of, some people aren't paying their bills. We kind of like the government to pay their bills. And then the doctor said, what about us? Now the drug industry says, what about us? But basically this is subsidies, subsidies, and more subsidies. And they're, they're promises that can't be fulfilled. That's what, that's what the 13 trillion means. It means we've promised a lot of things and we haven't got the foggiest idea how we're going to pay for them. The answer is we're probably not. The politicians have been caught on their own rhetoric. Uh, in the last campaign, everyone went out and promised that they were going to deliver a prescription drug benefit no matter what the cost. Well, now we find out that no matter what the cost means a very big cost, uh, that in order to sort of come to this bipartisan agreement to spend money, uh, they both sides have sort of tossed out any idea of principles or any sort of uh, philosophical foundation and they simply said let's just throw money at the problem. And what, what do you think this is going to do to insurance in the future? What are we going to look at? What kind of monster are we looking at 10 years down the road? Well one of the dangers of this program is that despite the rhetoric about offering private sector, sector competition uh, within the Medicare program or to the Medicare program, uh, this actually has the danger of squeezing out existing private policies. One of the things they've done is require that all the private sector or that Medicare offer exactly the same benefits as the private sector plans. Originally, the idea was that they were going to sort of bribe people into leaving Medicare for private alternatives by giving them a better prescription drug benefit if they did. That's been abandoned. And now you have identical programs under Medicare and for the private sector. People are going to choose the Medicare benefit over the private sector benefits. It's going to wipe out the existing Medigap policies. Uh, and what you're going to end up with is more people depending on the government program and driving up the costs of that program. What uh, do you figure that young people now listening, uh, say in their 20s and 30s, will be paying tax-wise for us graybeards? Well, uh, one thing we know is that before they added this, Medicare was, was adding... Uh, about three percentage points of GDP every 25, 30 years. That is to say, three percent, then six, and then nine. And that just, you know, you, you do the math. That can't continue very long. It's pretty soon every dollar is going to, not, not to medical care, but medical care for older folks. Uh, uh, that doesn't work. And, and the whole idea that uh, uh, 
65 is old is starting to look pretty silly because at 65 you usually have another 30 years to go. Uh, so I think there's going to be some uh, tension, shall we say, between the generations over this. What's the result? Maybe they'll raise the minimum retirement age to, say, 106, and then you can qualify. <laughs> uh, but so, something bad happens for sure. I mean, this, this is simple political realism. The fact is that seniors vote, young people don't. Uh, the likelihood of your voting is approximately that of your age. About 70% of 70-year-olds vote, only about 30% of 30-year-olds vote. Uh, in the last uh, congressional election, 25% of the voters were age 65 or older. That's why we're talking about preserving and protecting Social Security or adding a prescription drug benefit to Medicare and uh, the cost be danged. Uh, you know, as long as that's the case, uh, politicians are going to be all too happy to pass on benefits to seniors and pass on the bill to young people. How is this going to affect, um, say, other countries if we do this? Because a lot of our uh, drug companies, a lot of the benefits... Uh, that flow from their research and development flow to other countries and developing countries. Is that is that anything to think about? Well, we, in essence, subsidize the drug research for the world. Uh, most of the other countries have pr price controls. We don't. The profits that the company, drug companies make in this country subsidizes, in effect, the research that benefits the world. Uh, in many ways that they benefit uh, as individuals or as individual countries, but uh, but they hurt the system as a whole. It, it makes much more sense to to allow markets to function worldwide. And I and I do worry that if we try to squeeze down, uh, have price controls on pharmaceuticals, we're going to lose a lot of the innovation within the pharmaceutical industry that exists today. Okay, Michael. What that means is if the rest of the world is buying drugs cheaper because they're riding on our coattails, that means that Americans are paying higher out-of-pocket uh, expenses for drugs. Is that right? Well, it means that the Americans are paying the market price for drugs, including the cost of research and development. Uh, if other countries are artificially lowering that cost, it's, it's true that to some extent Americans have to pick up that slack. But if we didn't, those drugs wouldn't exist. Uh, in many ways, what those countries are doing is what is best for them, but worse for the system that if everybody did what they did, uh, then we would all be worse off. It's sort of a prisoner's dilemma here. But we're still uh, picking up the tab for, uh, for other countries. Sure, but there's no way around that short of not producing the drugs. In a country like Canada, it's sort of a, like in a monopoly position. It's technically, it's called a monopsony, one buyer. And they use that leverage to screw down the price when they can. Uh, needs to be said, they can't always. In some cases, the drug company simply just won't play ball. In other cases, they screw down the price but ration the product. So, you know, although in, in theory uh, you could you could get it cheaper, in, in point of fact, you can't get it because it's rationed through the, through the government monopolized system. Uh, the, the, the product to the end user is a combination of what the insurance company pays or what the state system pays and what you pay. And the out-of-pocket metaphor is a little bit wrong here because... Uh, we're moving further and further away from paying things out of pocket, even our insurance premiums, and that's what's wrong, and that's where we don't that, – that makes us not cost conscious, and it makes the system uh, uh, tend to get more expensive than it needs to be. And the basic premise is wrong. Turning 65 doesn't entitle you to a share of somebody else's income. I mean, that's just a really absurd idea when you start to think about it. Uh, people who are 65 and very well off are getting subsidized by 
young working people who, who pay on the very first dollar they earn, pay Medicare tax and Social Security tax. Uh, the basic premise is wrong. And it also fosters irresponsibility in the sense that uh, if older if people who are going to be turning old, that is people who are now about 50, uh, don't just ignore this stuff and start putting, start working harder, working longer, and putting away a lot of money, I think they're going to be, uh, shall we say, severely disappointed. This is a promise that can't be fulfilled, and it's a, it's a false promise. It's a false hope. It's political. Um, it's a political con game at its worst. Think of the premise behind this prescription drug benefit. This is a prescription drug benefit that subsidizes prescription drugs for Bill Gates and Ross Perot. Uh, what possible justification is there for paying for Bill Gates' aspirin uh, while passing the bill on to a, a someone working in a factory somewhere for minimum wage? That that is that's absurd, and yet that is the level of politics we've come to today. What do you think this is going to look like? What kind of package are we going to get out of this finally when it gets through the the meat grinder? Well, essentially, we're going to get a package that contains a certain amount of rhetoric about free market alternatives that's going to, at least on paper, allow private sector uh, plans to compete with Medicare. Uh, but basically, this is just going to be a several hundred billion dollars of money thrown at the problem, uh, creating a new benefit in Medicare. We're not going to get seniors leaving the traditional Medicare program for these private sector plans uh, if the private sector plans can't offer any form of additional benefit. We're not going to get very many private insurers offering private alternatives if they're so heavily regulated and price controlled in terms of what they can offer. The reality is that no matter what rhetoric there is about markets being part of this plan or about this being Medicare reform, uh, there's no reform here. This is simply throwing good money after bad.